everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Double Down WNBA podcast. As always, I'm Eric Nemchuk alongside my good friend and co-host, Stephen Trinkwald. Stephen, uh, we've been, we're a little over a week into the WNBA season. It's hard to believe because it seems like we've already played a dozen games, but uh, how are you feeling? Uh, tired. It's been unrelenting yeah. so far, but um, you know, definitely not going to complain about having basketball back, but uh, it's a lot early for sure. It's it's definitely different having like three games every single day back to back to back. You know, it's uh, it's demanding, like coverage wise, and 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 taking our notes for our podcast and such like that. But uh, it's 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 it is good to have basketball back. I agree. So for all you listeners out there, what we're gonna do is once again basically recap some of the games from this weekend. Not all six of them because that would take three hours and we don't want to do that again but we kind of went through and we determined what would be the best uh games to talk about so we're gonna start with saturday's game between the la sparks and the seattle storm ended up being a close one i'm not sure if it was as close as the final score would suggest but the storm defeated the sparks 81 to 76 uh storm scoring 98.8 points per 100 possessions sparks scoring 90.4 points per 100 possessions that's a net of 9.4 steven the storm led for the entire game uh sparks cut the lead to single digits in the fourth but Again, I don't really think it was as close as the final score would indicate. Do you? No, I don't think so. And the one thing that stuck out to me kind of throughout the course of this game was I thought Seattle just looked like they were a lot more athletic, like they had the athletic advantage. Uh, They could kind of get where they wanted to on the floor a little bit easier. Obviously, things were were spaced a lot better for them as well. But I I thought athleticism stood out as a, a differentiator also. Well, I think that's going to happen. They did have uh, Jordan Canada playing the bulk of the minutes at point guard because Stu Bird was resting for the game. Um, and as we've talked about so many times already, Jordan Canada just provides that spark both on, on both ends of the floor. Um, you know, her on-ball defense is obviously terrific. And then on offense, she can, she can really push the envelope and starting alongside Jewel Lloyd and Brianna Stewart, who looks pretty good. You know, I don't think she's at 100%, like 2018 MVP form, but uh, her length is obviously an issue for teams. Um what else really stood out to you on either well, end? Well, let me ask you, um, what what have you seen from Brianna Stewart or what have you not seen from her in terms of regaining that that 2018 form or just kind of that pre-injury form? Like what's what's still sort of missing from that package? She doesn't look quite as aggressive to me. You know, it, it seems like in 2018, she was the best player in the league and she knew it. She knew that nobody could guard her one-on-one or basically in any situation, to be honest. This, she seems still, still seems a little hesitant, like not in a not in the best possible rhythm she can be at. Maybe she's settling for outside shots a little too much. But I mean, you look at the stat line, it's still pretty darn good. 21 points, nine rebounds, five assists, four steals. I think her defense has actually been better than I expected. Or maybe it's just because that that length is, is such a difference maker. Uh, and also, I don't want to put the blame on somebody else, but like Natasha Howard hasn't really been the Natasha Howard we've been expecting thus far. And maybe just that lack of cohesion in the front court has kind of taken a detriment on, on Stewie, but she's still been terrific. Don't get me wrong about that. Yeah. I mean, I think she has been great. And I, I think maybe you had mentioned that she, she is taking a lot more shots from the outside uh, well above her career norms in, in terms of her three point attempt rate, but largely I think, you know, she, she looks really good out there. Uh, another 21 points on 17 shooting possessions to uh yesterday excuse me saturday 14 points on nine shooting possessions in the first half and defensively you know i think she's uh every bit as good as she was a couple years ago i I think if there is kind of a difference in what we're seeing from from then as as compared to now is uh you know the aggression inside like i think she's maybe not cutting to the to the basket quite as frequently Mm -hmm. not posting up like-size players maybe as much but 
I would say, you know, for me, I, I think maybe the most encouraging part of uh, that Saturday game for Brianna Stewart, besides like, you know, she had four steals on the night. I thought she was very e- effective as a perimeter defender. I thought she was, uh, her, her length gave Neko Gumake a lot of problems, I thought, inside. Uh, a player that we talked about last week who routinely finishes over larger players uh, in NECA. And I thought Brianna Stewart did a very good job uh, on her. Um, but there was one play where, where uh, Stewie just hit like a nice little step back with Brittany Sykes on her. And I thought like the activation of the Achilles like on that play was like very encouraging in terms of like, that, that's a pretty difficult shot to make if you're not like 100% healthy, you know? So sure. Stewie had, uh, she had a really nice block on Candace Parker when, when Parker tried to go with like a lefty hook. So, you know, I, I agree that she's probably not all the way back, but she's, she's really close, I would say. Well, it's, it's probably unrealistic of me to expect her to, Achilles injuries are obviously really tough to come, to come back from. And given these conditions, it would, it would be unrealistic to expect MVP Stewart a few games into the season. But she was pretty much the best player on the court for most of the game. So you can't get much, you can't get much better than that in the context of this game. Los Angeles, not really sure what, what they were doing. Um, as we all predicted, Simone Augustus has been terrific uh, for them. That's, you know, we were obviously not very high on that signing, but she's been pretty good. Uh, Raquana Williams was pretty good in this game, I thought. Candace Parker had uh, a good stat line, but I don't know, man. It just didn't seem like this, the Sparks ever really had control of this game. Yeah, and for me, it seemed like, um, and this was, you know, frequently the case last season, like the Sparks are always just playing with one player who you just don't need to worry about, right? Yeah. Um, I thought Tia Cooper had like a really great defensive game. Like she was pretty much the only player that Jordan Kennedy just wasn't like blowing right by every single time. But I don't think Seattle knew she was there on offense. You know what I mean? Like she was just being ignored. Tia Ruffin Pratt only played, you know, one stint in each half. And the effect that, that she has offensively is is very, very evident just in terms of teams of course just you know not guarding her and this is something that we talk about a lot and and I don't mean to pile on to a very talented defensive player but she she really shrinks the floor in a very noticeable way out there and even a player like Brittany Sykes who you know can make some things happen with her jump shot you know a little bit who is a very athletic player and you know can can get out in transition a lot you know late in the game her her presence out there as she subbed out for Raquana Williams, who, you know, I thought had a pretty good game up until sort of kind of really getting cold late in the game. And Sykes was the lineup replacement to kind of close the game. But, you know, it's, it's 77-73. Like, LA somehow makes their way back in it. And Neko Gumake turns the ball over because Jordan Canada is, like, right there as she turns baseline, like, completely ignoring Brittany Sykes. And then, like, one possession later or two possessions later, Sykes is just left wide open for a three and cannot connect. And, and those two plays right there, just her lack of gravity, it, it just – and it's not unique to Sykes. It's, you know, one player pretty much, unless you're going with Simone Augustus at the three closing, closing the games here. And, you know, Sydney Weiss, who we'll get to, didn't even play in the second half – you know, there's just always somewhere for, for the opposing teams if they're uh, disciplined enough defensively to help off of. And Seattle, of course, one of the, if not the best defensive team in the league, just the length and the anticipation that they bring out there, it just kind of exacerbates the spacing problems. Tia Ruff and Pratt, like you said, not effective at all in 12 minutes of play. Brittany Sykes, we saw it. If she's not able to get out in transition, um, her half-court effectiveness is also somewhat nullified you did mention Taya Cooper I thought she was pretty good at the point of attack the box score says she played 15 minutes and 60 seconds that's 
That's funny. Okay, that's that's interesting. Um, <laughs> but you're right. I mean, offensively, she's she's not uh, she's not really a sniper out there either. So it it does seem like they have. And with Chelsea Gray struggling, I mean, she had another poor shooting night, three for twelve with zero for four behind the line. Um, they don't really have that one perimeter player besides Raquana Williams that can make opposing defenses pay for you know their aggressive rotations. So I think teams are just going to keep doing this to Los yeah. Angeles. Yeah, unless uh, unless Sydney Weiss can can earn some more second half minutes. I don't know if there was. Um, an injury that we didn't see, but I thought it was very surprising for her to only play that one stint in the first half. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done trying to figure out what Derek Fisher is doing with his rotations. Uh, yeah, he, he's, uh, I mean, he he obviously prefers what Taya Cooper brings over Sydney Weiss, right? And he trusts Simone Augustus, which is fine. Like Rashonda Gray only plays five minutes. Christina Nigue supposedly back from her uh, illness, but she didn't play at all. I, I don't know what's uh, what, what do you get the sense the Sparks team is doing with its minutes? I mean, it's hard to tell. I thought it was interesting in the first half, neither Anigwe or Rashawn Gray played at all. And, and they pretty much just played Parker and Ogumake and like Simone Augustus at the four. Uh, and really went with like a three big lineup. That's, that's obviously just not going to be sustainable over this season. And, and that's why probably Rashawn Gray got some minutes in the second half. It, it is kind of this thing where LA is going to be good enough either way. So you might as well just try a bunch of different combinations and, and they're going to win their share of games kind of. Uh, no matter what it is you're you're doing out there. So, you know, I think uh, in, in fairness to Fisher, I, I don't think he really does have a ton of great options at that last spot. You know, all of their players come with some serious holes. I, I think Sidney Weiss is probably going to give you your best chance in terms of like good two-way play, or if you are maybe playing a team that doesn't have five great offensive players, like maybe you can just get away with Simone Augustus and you know, she had some some really nice moments in this game, but some maybe questionable shooting decisions as well. But but she was really good, of course. So definitely don't want to take anything away from her there. That's um, a good point. That's a good point. Um, there, in fairness to Fisher, there are no perfect options for him, like at the three. So I guess it's matchup based or whoever has the hot hand. And and I'm sure these these bubble conditions are making all the coaching staffs in the WNBA kind of evaluate their minutes on the fly. And the Sparks are a team that does have some some depth compared to their competitors. So, yeah, I mean, harping on minutes probably isn't very fair at the moment. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Natasha Howard's game today. Sure. Kind of seemed like a, another bit of a weird one, right? Like she yeah. did have some nice activity moments, like grabbed a nice offensive rebound, uh, had some good moments defensively, but also, you know, gave up some Candace Parker baskets, but you know, it's Candace Parker. She's, she's going to score on anyone, but only 17 and a half minutes for Natasha Howard, five personal fouls, one point, O of one from the field, five rebounds, two steals on, you know, she has 20 points, four games into the season. Like granted Seattle doesn't need her to score a ton, but they're going to need more than that. You need more than that. One shot in 17 minutes. She was in foul trouble, but Natasha Howard has not looked good to me like at all um, starting the season. And that's right now, that's my main worry for Seattle is where the heck did Natasha Howard go? I think, was it her that there were some rumors that like she wasn't going to come down in time and like she yeah, was there, sick or something there, like that? Yeah, there was some, like I think she might've been later than some of the other players getting there. Okay. So maybe she's still getting a new group. I don't know. But uh, I feel like if you had a healthy Natasha Howard here or a, or Natasha Howard who's in the groove or something like that, this game would not have been as close as it was because when you got both Stewart and Howard on the inside, we, we see this every single time. When you got both of them playing at 100% and then Jordan Canada out there as well, 
you're going to have a nightmare trying to score on this team. And uh, yeah, Natasha Howard, not much of a factor on either end of the floor again, which is, is concerning. What is that concerning to you? It is. I mean, I thought she was like decent defensively, at least it's really kind of her inassertiveness offensively that that's really been troubling to me, I think. And, you know, defensively, there are times where she, I think maybe is just a little, not, not quite peak Natasha Howard, but overall, like I think her defensive level that, that she's given so far is like enough to where, you know, Seattle could, could do big things, but offensively, I, I just kind of really need to see a little bit more from her. She had like a, a weird loose dribble turnover or, or near turnover. Uh, that was like very, not something we would have seen from her last year where she would have just attacked and she kind of just hesitated a little bit. So I don't know if it's just trying to get Stewart a little bit more acclimated or, you know, really what's going on with her, but I would be, I'm concerned a little bit. Do you think if they keep getting this from Natasha Howard, they'll still be able to win the title? Probably not. No, I think she's going to have to contribute more offensively. What about you? I I, I guess you agree with me. I, I agree to an extent. I mean, I don't think there's any clear favorite right now. But I would say Seattle was a clear favorite before they started. So that in itself is kind of a little bit of a concern. Um, but again, we, we played, what, four games? So it's... I mean, I think Seattle is a clear favorite, to be honest. Like, oh, okay. I, I think they... But that's building in some anticipation that Natasha Howard is going to improve over the course of the season and maybe she'll just get her win back a little bit more. Her, gotcha. her timing and, and groove and all that will, will start coming back. I, I do think, you know, if I'm taking... Seattle or the fields, you know, I might take Seattle at this point. I think they are, they're really, really good. All right. We'll look up at the odds. We'll look up the odds of that after the show. Uh, but aside from Howard, um, Seattle got a lot of good performances across the board. Alicia Clark, her solid self actually led the team in assists. Uh, she did not hit a three pointer, but she had six assists, which led the team, um, her usual stellar defense and 34 minutes of play. Jewel Lloyd, I thought was really good. She hit a couple of early three pointers that kind of got the momentum going and then uh, had some good moments defensively as well. Jordan Canada was a mixed bag, but she was pretty much you expect from Jordan Canada. And then Ezie Magbiger, 18 minutes of play, 12 points on five away from the field. I've been really impressed with her. Yeah, Ezie's been, she's been good. Seattle ran out some lineups, some three big lineups with Morgan Tuck at small forward and, and Ezie and Russell out there. And, you know, I think it might be a little tough to score in those, but it's going to be a good, you know, defensive lineup and, one of those players should be able to punish Simone Augustus on the other end of the floor if Augustus is playing the four. You know, Ezzy didn't think she had an amazing kind of offensive game just in terms of her her awareness and, you know, kind of knowing what to do within the system, but she she certainly shows, shows promise. Yeah, and what I like about this is that the Seattle coaching staff has been willing to just totally drop Crystal Langhorn from the rotation already. Yeah. And just kind of let Ezzy take her lumps and – I think they've kind of figured out that, okay, whatever she's giving us is going to be greater than what she's taking away from us. And what she's giving them is that athleticism that you alluded to, another long, active body on the interior, and just someone who can make life difficult for the other team on defense, which actually her defense has been what's impressed me the most. She's been very stout out there. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been impressive. Yeah, I, you know, she got put in the goal a couple times by Neko Gumake, but she's a rookie <laughs> and, and she's a little slight and, it's, you know, an MVP player there. So uh, she get, did give up an and one on her as well. But overall, definitely think that she's uh, shown a lot of promise there offensively. Uh, did want to take a step back and talk about a player who you just mentioned a minute ago. You know, Jewel Lloyd has just had a fantastic start to the season. Yeah. You know, we had touched on it a little bit in our last episode, but her being able to take on less of a creation burden for others and just how much more balanced the floor is. I mean, Jewel Lloyd is, is benefiting a ton of it. You know, she had 
11 of the Storm's first 12 points yesterday, and I thought she played really good defense as well. She did. She was credited for, I think, two steals, but uh, I think she forced three, if, if I'm not mistaken. Did have a couple of turnovers, like trying to pass over some length, uh, but she just looks like a totally different player. Like, her confidence, her passing – you know, her, she is, her three-point attempt rate is, is well above her career norms, like Brianna Stewart, as I was saying earlier. Um, and she's just being put in a much better position to succeed because, you know, she doesn't have to do as much. So she's able to play her game a little bit more. It's nice to see that Jewel Lloyd out in transition again, you know, not, by, not on her own. Yeah, for sure. That was something we had talked about in the Seattle uh, preview pod where she was like such an effective transition player in 2018 and then her frequency uh, nosedived last season so to see her get back to kind of being that player again um, and at this point you know very early in, into the season here but a career high in true shooting percentage coinciding with uh, well above her career high in three-point attempt rate as I was mentioning and you know she's hitting 38% of those threes. So that's, that's pretty good. And that shot looks great coming off those screens. And uh, when she's able to get into the middle of the floor, like she was a few times yesterday, you know, she's a really hard player to stop, especially uh, with the spaced court. Very encouraging for Jewel. Um, Jordan Canada, one of your favorite players. I said she was a mixed bag in this game, three assists, six turnovers, and shot four of eight from the free throw line. Not, not characteristic of her. Um, Steven, I, I still got to see Jordan Canada develop a three point shot. Yeah, it's concerning to be sure, but I mean, it's easier when you're able to blow by pretty much any of your defenders. She was really kind of eating in pick and roll for a lot of the game, particularly when it was Chelsea Gray out there, you know, TRP had to guard her or something like that. Uh, and they would just put like the TRP, Candace Parker pick and roll combinations, like Jordan Cannon was getting to the the rim pretty much at will. Um, she was. But again, that, you know, this is something I talked about previously, but you know, even if you're getting to the rim four or five times in a game, those other possessions where you don't have the ball and you're not being guarded, um, you know, that's uh, harmful, of, of course. And that that stretch in the game where LA cut it to like, what what was, what was their what was the closest the game was? Like it was a, it was like a one possession or a two possession game. One. Yeah, point, they right? got it to like four. Yeah. So, and I saw some people on Twitter saying like, this is where they missed Sue Bird. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. I think Canada gives them obviously like a lot more athleticism, of course, uh, gives them more sort of dribble penetration, but Sue Bird is just a maestro in a way that Jordan Canada is not. You know, she is playing the long game over 40 minutes, playing defensive patterns in a way that Jordan Canada just kind of doesn't. And of course, she is a, a capable floor spacer and able to be effective when she doesn't have the ball in her hands. Right, right. But ultimately, that's that's the right decision for this Seattle team, and I think that's a pretty good problem to have when you're like, oh no, Superbird's out. Now we got to rely more on Brianna Stewart. You know, it's like, well, darn. Uh, <laughs> so, any anything else really stand out from Seattle as to how they won this game? No, I thought they were they were really effective defensively. I thought you know their their length on the interior and their perimeter defense. You know, we we kind of touched on it a little bit, but I thought Alicia Clark had just a, a fantastic game on both ends. You know, she got some nice post-ups on mismatches. She played Chelsea Gray really well. She was a very effective uh, switch defender. You know, she um, had a nice stop against uh, Neko Gumake at, at one point in the game. So, you know, a, a very sung, unsung hero, but, uh, you know, still got to give her props. Always. We love Alicia Clark on the pod. You want to move on to the next one? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So we're going to fast forward a day or two, or just a day. Um, Phoenix Mercury versus New York Liberty, this game, um, not such a great game. 
Uh, Mercury, 96. Liberty, 67. Uh, Mercury had an offensive rating of 114.3. Liberty, just 79.8. That's a net differential of 34.5 points per 100 possessions. Um, yeah, this, this game was, I don't know, it, it seemed like both teams were kind of just going through the motions for most of it, and then Phoenix just decided to show up in the fourth quarter. There there are a lot of, I felt like, low IQ plays for both teams. Not much of a flow. 59 fouls called in total. Uh, the Liberty did get within one possession in the third quarter, but then the Mercury won the fourth quarter 34-11. to 11. So, like I said, they just kind of turned it on. Man, Stephen, this game was – I'm sorry. It wasn't fun for me to watch. I tweeted Friday night, Indiana, New York was a – fun bad game this was not a fun bad game this was this just a bad, bad, bad game. Yeah, yeah this was a not fun bad game you know i thought diana trossi looked good you know, she had a pretty ineffective day from the floor but did hit a couple threes early was able to you know leverage her fall seeking behavior very effectively i thought over the course of the game uh, played with nice energy i thought defensively as well tough game for for skylar diggins smith from the floor also and i feel like i'm the only one kind of on this train, but I, I thought Skylar Diggins Smith had a really good game defensively. Like Lasia Clarendon was getting their shoulder like all the way into Jordan Canada on opening night, getting all the way to the rim. And like that wasn't happening against Skylar Diggins Smith. Diggins Smith was good on Kia Nurse as well. Um, she had four blocks in this game amazingly, like had some moments just kind of taking advantage of, of rookies, putting the ball down too low. So I don't think people are really praising Skylar Diggins Smith for her defense too much, but I thought she deserved it today. Okay, that's fair. Uh, as we all predicted, Skyler Diggins-Smith, you know, leading the Mercury in block shots. You know, yeah, no, no defensive stopper. Yeah, defensive stopper, Skyler Diggins-Smith, reputation-wise. I'll tell you who does have the reputation of a defensive stopper who did not play very well. That's Brittany Griner. Um, like, her stat line is okay, 16 points, six rebounds, two block shots. But for the majority of this game, Steven, Brittany Griner was not playing very smart basketball. Yeah, it was a rough one for a little while there. But, you know, she also kind of put this game away for them, right? It was a pretty close game going into the fourth quarter. 62-55 after three. Griner leaves the game pretty early in the third quarter after picking up her fifth foul on just a ridiculously boneheaded elbow to Kia Nurse's throat. But Phoenix opens up that fourth quarter with Hartley... Diana Taurasi, Alana Smith, Sophie Cunningham, and Brittany Griner. And this is a lineup I really like. It gives you a really good combination of dribble skills and floor spacing. They started the fourth quarter, Griner just having pretty much a miserable game. But immediately to start the fourth quarter, picks up an and one on Kylie Shook, or it might have been a reach in by Jasmine Jones. But first possession and one. The next possession, there's a transition bucket by Hartley, and then another and one by Griner on Shook again. So it's a, it's a 10-0 run to start the fourth and you know, Phoenix never really looks back after that. So in a lot of ways, it was one of those like, ugh, Brittany Griner games instead of a wow Brittany Griner game. But but she still like was was really important for that small stretch where they kind of ran away with it. It, it really goes to show the talent disparity between these two teams. Um, I, I think Phoenix has been a little bit of a disappointment thus far, at least at least for us uh, relative to where we rank them. Um, I think we both had them on our second tier. Is that is that correct? Yeah, it's like, sort of the de facto fourth team. Yeah, and they, they're they're two and two with some some stinkers and some not impressive performances. But I mean at the end of the day they they beat this team by twenty nine points. Uh, of course Sabrina Unescu out for the foreseeable future with an ankle injury really, really stinks for New York. And um without her, this team so like I I had hopes that they'd be like a fun bad team. Um but I'm still waiting on the fun part. 
because right now this is I'll be frank, this is one of the worst teams I've ever seen in the WNBA. Like, I don't know what they're doing. From three-point range, okay, they went five for 35. Yeah, and other than Kia Nurse. 14%. Yikes. And other than, you know, Kia Nurse, who is visibly still recovering from that ankle injury, like, they don't have anyone who you don't feel like you can go way under on in a pick and roll. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, Lasia Clarendon can be an effective three-point shooter, uh, but you're still going to go under on that. You know, Jasmine Jones, you're going to go under. And those are really the only three ball handlers they have on the team. You know, Jocelyn Willoughby isn't, isn't as promising as her rookie season has been so far. You know, she's not really going to take it off the bounce and shoot threes that way. You know what I'm saying? So Right. She's not much uh, of a playmaker for others. Right. Uh, yeah. And what, what struck me about most of these three-point shots, they weren't like off dribble penetration or off post-ups or off, or off screens or whatever. They were just chucking. Yeah, it's just like swinging from from one part of the perimeter to the other, and you're not really forcing any sort of rotation on the defense, so it's not any kind of advantage shot. No, yeah, it, it just it's just not good. Um, like I thought the Liberty when Griner was out of the game, I thought they ran some nice plays to get some backdoor cuts on on Phoenix. Um, but yeah. with BG in the game, it's like they weren't. And I believe Phoenix actually went to zone for a few possessions, and New York wasn't really able to take advantage of that either. This team is just ugly, uh, horrendous shooting. Like we said, Kia Norris is back, but she struggled. Three of 17 from the field, she was blocked, what, four times? Yeah, uh, including one by Diana Taurasi. Yeah. Uh, another another legendary defender, uh, Diana Taurasi. Uh, so um, definitely still feeling the effects of that, of that ankle injury. So I do want to kind of talk about Maybe we can go through some of these New York rookies in a moment, but I wanted okay. to kind of talk about Sophie Cunningham's game a little bit. You know, I think she brings a nice element to this team. I know um, she's not your favorite player in the world in terms of, you know, she gives them a really nice energy and transition. I think she, she, she runs the floor hard. She is guarded behind the three point line. You know, I think against certain teams, she will kind of be exposed defensively, but she certainly fights hard. She, she is a try hard defender. So that's more than you can say about 85% of this most Phoenix most players roster. on this team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, in that regard, it it's promising. I really do like her fit with the starters here. Also wanted to talk about Bria Hartley a little bit. What a start to the season for her. Yeah, once again, um, a player that we both love, right? Bria Hartley. <laughs> Famously <laughs> yeah, praised on the show. We're, we're, not, we're not looking too good a few games into the season here, but it's all, it's all in good fun. Yeah, Bria Hartley, 27 points, 10 of 18 from the field, uh, hit all four of her free throw attempts. Five rebounds, four assists, two steals. Um, she was doing it all for Phoenix once again. I kind of want to ask you, Stephen, do you think it's time to move Rio Hartley into the starting lineup? No, I don't think so. I, I kind of like the spacing that Sophie Cunningham gives the starters. You know, I think Skylar Diggins-Smith, uh, despite the poor start early, gives you a level of uh, speed and dribble penetration that Bria Hartley just doesn't really give you. You know, she has been feasting a lot on bench units and and that, is pretty noteworthy. You know, she's uh, coming off the bench, playing against a lot of bench players. So maybe if, if Diggins Smith really, really continues to struggle, um, you know, make that move, I guess, or, or do you, I mean, I, I saw some people floating out instead of Diggins Smith. Um, oh no. Are you talking about at the, at the three, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. I, I still kind of like having like a pure floor spacer at that position surrounding Diggins Smith and Tarasi, okay. particularly if you're going to continue to start Brianna Turner, like, someone has to be guarded from out there you know that's true that's true and, and we have we were pining for shatori walker kimber initially but uh not much doing today six minutes of play only attempted one shot 
Nia Coffey, 13 minutes of play, only attempted one shot. Sophie Cunningham also attempted one shot, but she was she was pretty decent in her minutes, at least defensively. So uh, how about Alana Smith, though? She she looks a little better than she did to start the season. Yeah, she did. And she had some some rough moments in this one, too. But, you know, put it on the floor um, for – she had a couple finishes in traffic, which I think were, were pretty promising because at one point I had in my notes, like, Smith cannot finish over anyone at any position. But then she she did a couple times, and that was really, really promising for what uh, this team can do. But you know, would still like to see her make a, a few more of those shots. But Alana Smith needs to play. Like, you're not going to do anything productive with Kia Vaughn playing at the four yeah. next to Brittany Griner or, or something like that. And especially with, you know, a 10-player team, essentially. Alana Smith, two for eight from behind the arc this season. So I would like to see the the attempts go up as well as the makes. And she seems to just, like, really kind of... um her confidence like ebbs and flows to me. I don't know about if you're seeing the same thing, but sometimes it just looks like she, the last thing in the world she wants to do is shoot a three. Yeah. But the first thing in the world she needs to do is shoot a three, right? Yeah, Especially right. when you're playing SBG. Yeah. You know, for this game, uh, I just have a hard time drawing too many conclusions, at least for the Mercury side, because the Liberty are so bad. Like for three quarters, this was not a very impressive Mercury performance for me, but just this horrendous Liberty shooting. It's, it's like, well, they're not on the same level. So it's like, what, what do you actually get? What, what are we actually learning about the Mercury here that we didn't already know? Yeah, sure. That Bria Hartley is, is good. You know, I mean, totally fair. She's, she's playing a little overhead too, I think. But all the props, you know, Bria Hartley's uh, been great. Uh, what about the, the, the rookies from the Liberty? Anybody jump out to you today? No. Um, well, let, let, me, let me look. Jasmine Jones is going to get to play with UNESCO being out. And uh, I like her game because she's got a lot of energy and she's got a lot of athleticism. It does need to be reined in a little bit. I think uh, she's, she's a very emotional player. Uh, you saw there, that little exchange there with Skylar Diggins Smith um, trying to throw the ball out of bounds, you know, off of Jasmine Jones and Jones did not like that. So, you know, I mean, kudos to her for, for keeping that energy when you're getting blown out at that point. But uh, yeah, she, her, her she's going to ebb and flow. I think Kylie shook, just not, just not big and strong enough right now. I don't think. Um, Leanna Odom, I think has been okay. You know, her stats have not been, very impressive, but she's been playing a little bit of three and a little bit of four, which is, I think is important for this team, especially with Kia Nurse not being at full health. Joyner Holmes, I'm not impressed with, especially that one three-pointer she took where she was just like, eh, I just feel like shooting it right now. It just bricked off the front iron. Megan yeah, Walker. Not a good yeah, shot. No, nah, not a good shot. Um, Megan Walker still trying to get into the flow of things. Obviously one of eight, all of six from three. If Megan Walker's not hitting the three-point shot, she should not be playing, in my opinion. Um, she's really not going to give you anything else. Will be a rough one. Uh, Ofer from the field. She did get a couple of free throw attempts, but I think her, her effectiveness at this point in her career is going to be limited if she's not drawing those fouls or hitting the spot-up jumper. Although I do like how, how opponents just kind of bounce off of her, whether it be on offense or defense, because she's just so strong. But it's like right now that's not functional strength. It's like, okay, what, how, is it, how is it benefiting your team? It's, it's looking a mess right now. Um, a lot of rookies, a lot of inexperience. Were there any that, that impressed you? I liked Jasmine Jones. It, you know, it was kind of a quiet one for, for Willoughby. I thought she played a lot in the first half and then came out like pretty early in the third quarter, like less than two She's minutes. She's in foul trouble too, yeah. Oh, okay. But then we didn't see her again until garbage time pretty much. So, you know, she wasn't having the best game, but still kind of an odd decision to, to not play her until so late in the game. Uh, but I did like Jasmine Jones. You know, I thought she had some really nice looks to Kylie Shook. She 
I thought she was impressive getting to the rim, even if she had a little bit of trouble finishing when she got there. And, you know, I like her, her tempo and her tenacity, uh, most of her decision-making, you know, not all of it, but overall, you know, I've been really impressed with Jasmine Jones. I, I definitely think she's a player uh, in this league, you know, Shook and Holmes, I think to me seem to have like the furthest to go. Yeah. Um, I haven't really seen any glimpses of them being particularly effective this season. You know, Shook had a, a couple of nice finishes, including uh, an and one on one of those Jasmine Jones feeds. But, you know, defensively, as I kind of talked about before, with Griner being really what sort of sealed the game for them offensively, like Shook was on the other end of that, giving up those like pretty much two consecutive and ones. And, you know, it's Brittany Griner. What, what, you know, not a lot of teams can can – play Brittany Griner straight up like uh one-on-one but don't follow her and let her score <laughs> that's wow. certainly what, not what you want to do with a, a player who's been struggling and picked up their fifth foul you know five minutes into the third quarter so Joyner Holmes I'll have to see something uh, a lot you know see a lot more than what we've seen so far and in terms of you know Megan Walker I I knew she was out there but like she was a player who like you just didn't really notice her being out there you know she no. wasn't really making any sort of impact I think there's a lot to like about Liana Odom to be sure you know she got all the way to the rim a few times I think she uh played some pretty good defense on Diana Taurasi at times also gave up an and one a lot of and ones so far in this season overall uh I think and a lot of fouls being called you know she was the only player for New York in the positive part of the plus minus wouldn't really take too much from that but uh it's I guess it's Notable, but she's a very raw player, right? She she has a, a lot of growing to do, but she certainly has some upside here. So also kind of wanted to talk about uh, briefly Amanda Zowie I did not think it was a particularly effective game for Amanda Zowie Uh Did you have anything you wanted to contribute about Amanda Zowie No. Um, okay. At this point, I'm, I'm not really surprised by this. Uh, I don't think Amanda Zowie I don't think she's the answer at center. I understand, you know, she's a, she's a great, great influence off the court and she can do some things on the court that may think that may lead you to think that she's a really good player or a really good talent, but I need to see some development here. You know, she's, she was going into the season. She was supposed to be the veteran leader of this team. um, Who's, you know, leading this young uh, versatile group of front court players. But I mean, Again, just not a lot of high basketball IQ plays. Um, she did have a couple nice passes uh, to cutters. She, she did have some nice passes, to be sure. Yeah, and she made a three-pointer. But it's, it's like, that's, that's pretty faint. Pre- you know, at, at some point, I, I feel like I hear this every season about Amanda Zoebe. Oh, this is the year. You know, she's going to break out. She's, gonna, she's in great shape. She's going to fulfill her talent. And uh, just don't see it. Just don't yeah, see the, it. I mean, I the don't... defensive recognition to me is like what really is uh, troublesome. You know, she just is not really a rim deterrent there, in no. any way. Um, so anyway, let's move on to the last one. I thought this game was a, a little bit more fun, uh, in some ways. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, another one that wasn't really that close, but, uh, fun. Yeah. More fun than the last one for, to be sure. Yeah. Uh, the Atlanta dream of the Indiana fever, uh, fever pulling out a very impressive win by their standards thus far, 93 to 77, um, scoring 119.2 points per hundred possessions. The dream coming in at just 97.5 points per hundred possessions. That is a net of 21.8. This one, you know, the dream got off to a really good start. I think they actually were up like 10 zip in the first quarter. But after that, it was all fever. Yeah, I don't really kind of know what happened. Like this was one where I was really trying to figure out kind of where the game turned. And one thing I did want to talk about was like the power forward matchup in this game. Uh, Monique Billings had obviously a terrific start to the season so far. But Candice Dupree really gave it to her, I thought. 21 points on 13 shooting possessions for 
Candice Dupree, and she was able to get it done in a lot of ways. She was cutting around screens. She was posting up uh, smalls like Kennedy Carter or, or Blake Dietrich. Uh, she was taking her, her bigger defenders like Strickland or Billings off the bounce or posting them up. So just a, a very effective game from Candace Dupree. Yeah, it was the Candace Dupree we've, we've all come to know and love over the many, many years of her being in the league. Uh, just smooth and efficient and uh, taking her time, never going too quickly, and just taking advantage of whatever the defense gives her. Um, yeah, for sure. 33 minutes of play, again, a little high, but Natalie Achano was out for this one. So she's got a hamstring injury. We're still waiting to hear what the long-term prognosis is on her. Uh, yeah, Dupree was effective. Um, although I think it helped that she had a terrific point guard performance from Julie Alleman. Oh yeah. Julie Alleman balled out. Uh, you know, you could tell very early on that Atlanta was comfortable going way, way under on Julie Alleman and she made him pay. Um, mm-hmm. and it was, it was a really encouraging game. You know, she was a little high in the turnover category, but she, she gave you everything you'd want to get from Julie Alleman. She right, right away. She plays like, I feel like she plays with good pace, you know, uh, and she's pretty, she's been pretty impressive on defense as well to me. She's got a couple of another steals today, but almost a triple double, uh, 10 points, nine assists, seven rebounds. Um, of course, five turnovers as well, but another really good game for Julie Allman in 34 minutes of play. Kelsey Mitchell returned to her uh, sniper mode, uh, four or five from behind the three point line. And also a couple of really nice drives to the hoop and in transition. So you'll be happy with that. Yeah, a couple of those threes uh, were in garbage time, to be sure. But still, she was very effective throughout the game, particularly, I think, getting inside and, uh, you know, not being afraid to take it all the way to the rim. Yeah, that's, that's definitely the next step in her development. And uh, through four games of the season, I think we're seeing it. Uh, Tier McCowan did get the start. Like I said, Natalie Achano was out. Again, a little disappointed. I'm a little disappointed. Uh, she was 12 points, six rebounds, one block shot. But this is a team where I think Tierra McCowan should be able to take, to take advantage of her size. You know, uh, Elizabeth Williams, not the biggest center. They've been playing a lot of Monique Billings. She's not the biggest player. Uh, Glory Johnson's still working her way back. So I, I just feel like uh, McCowan still kind of leaving a little bit out there. This kind of leads me to something I want to talk about. And that is Elizabeth Williams, who, as you mentioned, is undersized for a center and I don't have to preach to you, right? You, you appreciate Elizabeth Williams probably as much as anybody, but she's a really great player. You know, she she's had a is, good game. She had a great game. Yeah, yeah. She, she's a very, very good player at like a star loaded position. Like if Elizabeth Williams was an Elizabeth Williams level player at any other position, she'd be one of the better players at her position, but she just happens to be playing a position with superstars, you know, across the league. Like she is incredibly talented um, she had a very efficient game. Like she, at this point as basketball players, like there's no doubt she's better than Tierra McCowan, right? Like she, oh, yeah. she was able to keep McCowan off the glass pretty well. I, I thought, you know, there were times where McCowan is just, just bigger and you're going to, you know, have to kind of live with that. But I thought Williams did a really good job of keeping her body on McCowan. And, you know, as we've seen, and as we're going to continue to see McCowan just couldn't guard Elizabeth Williams in the pick and roll. Like she had no answers for a player of that athleticism. It's it's concerning for Tira McCowan for me. Um, I'm, I'm going to need to see her step it up a little bit. But, uh, yeah, no, Ewell played a terrific game uh, considering the her opponents. Really finished – I thought she finished well around the basket. Um, she made intelligent plays. I mean, yeah, a very good game from Elizabeth Williams. A few now, players what, what, on- if, I, if I may continue, with that being said, okay. you know, they are trying to mount that comeback late, and Elizabeth Williams had about four fouls in – two minutes between like the four minute mark and the that two is true mark and you know had a frustration fall after getting her shot blocked so that that certainly hampered them but overall it was a very very nice game for Elizabeth Williams 
Yeah, and a couple of her teammates I wanted to talk about here. Uh, Kennedy Carter, 15 points on 7-11 shooting, so a good scoring line, but I don't think this is a very good floor game for her. She turned the ball over five times. She was in foul trouble once again. What did you think of Kennedy Carter's game? Yeah, and I think like three or the three of those turnovers uh, came like in the first like five minutes of the game, or you know, two of them, and then one of them was like an out of control layup. I did not think it was a particularly good game from Kennedy Carter. You know, she scored efficiently from the field, which is great, but I did not think that she really kind of got all the way into like the teeth the the defense as we saw. You know, kind of early on earlier in the season, you know, she was able to kind of get all the way to the rim a lot more effectively, um, and I just thought like her. She was kind of pressing a little bit. Her decision-making was not great. Five turnovers, five fouls. Like, hopefully this will – it's hard to kind of think that this will be the case because she shot, you know, over 60% from the field. But hopefully this will be one of the worst floor games of, of like, the Kennedy Carter, you know, rookie season because I, I was not impressed overall. Yeah, neither was I. Uh, to be fair, they did get Courtney Williams back, uh, I believe it was last game. But this is the first game where she really played in earnest. Um, another interesting game, you know, 9 of 18 from the field – 18 points because no free throws, of course, and no three-pointers made. Um, I thought her stat line was actually somewhat empty. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Yeah, I didn't think that Courtney Williams gave us, like, the Courtney Williams defense that that she can give at times. You know, she had she did have, like, a, a couple of nice plays in her passing, had a nice play in the pick and roll to, I want to say it was Elizabeth Williams. But it was not the best Courtney Williams game, but I – she was probably still – you know, with all that being said, one of the better players for them today, I thought they were not really getting a lot in terms of some of their other contributors, like Dietrich, you know, not the best game from Shakina Strickland. But Nigelani, I think, had had some really nice moments at times, uh, which which we can get to in a little bit. Um, but also, I think, took some away, like, took some things off the table for, for this team. But Courtney Williams was fine. You know, it's, this is what she is, right? She's going to take a lot of mid-range shots, and sometimes she'll hit them. Yep, that's pretty much you'll know you know that better than anyone. So you mentioned Benajelani. Um to me, she's been one of the most improved players in the league this season thus far. Um, just because we're seeing we're just seeing things that I had no idea she would able, she was able to do, particularly playmaking for others and uh hitting these these long jumpers. Oh, she she was only she was 0 for one from the three point line. So in the previous game against New York, obviously can't draw much from that, but she did have six assists, which led the team and four steals, which also led the team. I'm just seeing a super confident and aggressive basketball player. Now she's attacking smaller defenders in a way that we didn't really see in Indiana. Um, she's really willing to just put that big body on them and, and take the contact and, and get to the hoop. Uh, she's rewarded with six free throw attempts, which was most of what her team attempted, which is eight. Not great. Um, but you, you didn't sound so sure about... Well, I thought she had some really nice moments in this game, particularly at the start of each half. She had a really nice take to the basket to start the game off, had that three-point fall. Kelsey Mitchell, you know, don't fall Benajah Laney shooting a three. Or um, anybody she, shooting a three. Yeah, or anybody. <laughs> but particularly, <laughs> but particularly a, a yeah. three-point shooter. You know, she had a nice uh, steal and, and got out to transition for an assist to Kennedy Carter, which, you know, was not the best pass, but it got there. Uh, had another steal where she went coast to coast after turning it over on the other end you know so she she really I think made herself a presence in the open court and but a little bit less so uh than in the New York game on Friday I, I thought she was not as effective in the half court in terms of like when it was kind of her turn to do things with the ball in her hand you know I, I at times during that New York game on Friday you know the offense was really running through Benajelani and I mm -hmm. think 
you know, when that wasn't happening today, she was not a particularly effective player and was kind of just standing around waiting for it to be her turn. Okay, that's fair. And, that's and fair. I think, you know, one of the things that makes Benajelini such an effective player is when she's just playing with a bunch of energy, like going crashing offensive glass and, um, you know, kind of making really strong hustle plays. And I, I think that's a really strong part of her game uh, in terms of like just being one of the more athletic players on the floor at all times and being one of the stronger players sure. on the wing. So, you know, hopefully this, she'll find a nice balance of kind of being able to continue to improve her uh, her own offensive playmaking and creation and being able to be effective when the ball is not in her hand. Okay, so let me th- – that's an interesting point. Alexis Jones, DNP, Blake Dietrich, uh, 19 minutes, like four assists, no turnovers, but didn't really do a heck of a lot, I don't think. Um, well, she did do a heck of a lot in terms of, like, Indiana was attacking her anytime she was out there. She did a heck of a lot for the other team, so not ideal. So would you – they are not getting any production out of the backup point guard spot. I don't see that changing. Like when Kennedy Carter is not on the floor, this team is going to have trouble offensively. Would you play Benajelani as like a backup point guard when Carter's not on the floor? Um, I would probably just limit any minutes that Carter and Courtney Williams play together, which uh, they have been doing so far. You know, I think they played about three and a half minutes together today or so, uh, maybe around, you know, four minutes or so. And I didn't really kind of love the fit there. So but each of those two players kind of gives you enough. And I think one thing that was very effective in the Liberty game on Friday, which we keep going back to where Benajelani was incredible, was playing Kennedy Carter as like an off-ball threat because she is going to be guarded from beyond the arc. She um, sure. you know, has a, a very nice stroke out there. You know, Courtney Williams maybe a little bit less so because she's going to stand at 18 feet instead of beyond <laughs> the arc. But you know, I think kind of either way, you can really configure this roster – uh, and Jalen Agnew hit some nice threes today. So I think you can really configure this roster to have enough floor spacing, um, but still maybe not run the offense ex- exclusively through Benajelani. Okay. So uh, how do you see this team kind of coming together going forward? Because Williams or Courtney Williams, that is still seems a little limited. Uh, Glory Johnson, not playing much at all, you know, but the backup point guard situation is kind of up in the air right now. Now that everyone is, back sort of we're still missing Kalani Brown we don't know when she's going to be back but has your opinion on this team changed at all I mean I I think before the season I said that if Courtney Williams wasn't going to be there they are they were going to be a no doubt playoff team and if Courtney Williams I'm sorry if Courtney Williams was going to be there they were going to be a no doubt playoff team and if she wasn't there they were going to be one of the worst teams in the league um the drags right yeah and I think that second part is proved to probably not true like I think uh, they were competitive enough to not be, you know, one of the very worst teams in the league. I, I think New York is probably in a, in a tier by themselves at, oh, the yeah. at this point. Um, but I think this team's pretty good. You know, I, I kind of got to see a little bit more from Monique Billings and Benajah Laney. Um, You know, I'm a little bit more of a believer in what Laney has done so far this season than, than Billings um, because Billings has, you know, shot it really effectively from the mid range and has just really been kind of killing teams with their energy and I think that's a little bit, you know, the mid-range kind of comes and goes with, with all players. And the energy stuff, you know, I think that's a little bit more, like, easier to scout in terms of, like, yes, yeah, she's going to get uh, – she's going to kill people on the glass, right? She's an elite rebounder, but I think For she sure. kind of takes away an, enough in other categories. And, you know, I don't love her face-up game. So um, – but this team has a lot of good players, right? They've got a lot of good players. They've got a lot of exciting players. Um 
I don't think they're going to – I think they will make the playoffs at this point. Um, but it, it, it's hard to tell because I don't think their strength of schedule has been that tough. No, but, it hasn't you know, been tough. Yeah, sure. They played Dallas. They played New York. You know, two teams they beat. Two teams I think they'd be expected to beat. And I think they they probably could have made this one a little closer as well. In the end, I just played terrific basketball today. Um, it it kind of makes you wonder. Like, you're looking around the league. Like, who are the elite teams right now? And who are the worst teams right now? I don't see much. There's a lot going on in the middle here. I think New York is clearly the worst team in the league. Seattle, probably the best team in the league. But other than that, it's like, well, you know, some, anybody can beat anybody. And uh, that makes for some interesting storylines going forward. I mean, do you think this team, Atlanta, do you think they are better than Dallas? Hmm. I mean, I think they probably have, if this makes sense, like fewer good players but are a better team. Yes. Because yes. their their holes are not as glaring. Yeah, I agree. Um, Dallas, I think, still has a ton of inexperience and the defense not uh, – I don't trust their defense. Although, like, Atlanta gave up 93 points today. Like, I, they, have, they haven't been that good defensively either. So, it's still early. Still a lot of odd wrinkles in this season right now. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, it's making for some interesting basketball. Do you think the Atlanta Dream are better than the Connecticut Sun at 0-4 in the 12th offense? I need, offense I need to be careful here, don't I? Uh, well, I think the Sun have had a harder schedule than the Dream by yeah, far. Sure. Um, I, I don't know. That, that that depends on if Alyssa Thomas Alyssa Thomas's arms fall out of her shoulders anytime. Does she have arm injuries? I've heard she has torn labrums in her shoulder. Interesting. I I had not heard that. Uh, uh, yeah, you, I don't know. Maybe maybe they brought it up once in a while. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't know, dude. Like the Sun, no depth. No yeah, depth it's, and, it's and no functional depth. That's the thing. Like you look at a team like, you know, Washington, who has been terrific, but exceeding our expectations, obviously. Um, they don't have much, they don't have like many players, but all the players that they have can contribute to what they want to do offensively and, and defensively to a point. Connecticut, what are players like Kalina Mosqueda Lewis or Beatrice Mapamir or Kyla Charles doing right now? You know, like not much. It's it's Dewana Bonner is putting up superhuman performances, and it's still not enough. I'm worried about that team long term. I'm, I'm worried that uh, they're going to get run into the ground. Yeah, and like I said, they are 12th offensively so far. They just cannot create any kind of spaced floor. I mean, Brian January is going to help, but she's not going to help that much. Like she's hey, not going to. Man, like, if you're if you're if you're leaning on 2020 Brian January coming back and, and yeah. being your team savior you got an issue there. Uh, like, and Alyssa Thomas, we're obviously way off track here, but I want to say this anyway. Um, she said after their loss against the Sparks that she felt like he, she had no legs. You have no legs three games into the season. Not ideal. Yeah, you're right. Uh, one thing I did want to say about this game that we were just talking about though, um, you know, not a lot of defense being played. Atlanta shot 50% from two point range. Indiana shot 56% from two point range. Um, I think that, that small difference there and Indiana's uh, discrepancy at the free throw line was, was kind of the, the big difference in this one. That's a good observation. Uh, Indiana 21 free throws attempted Atlanta, just eight. That's a big one. That's a big one for sure. Uh, Indiana also out rebounding Atlanta 32 to 26 turnovers. Indiana actually turned it over more. So not, not a big discrepancy there, but yeah, Indiana just took control of this game early in the first quarter or midway through the first quarter rather, and never looked back. Um, 
kudos to them. This was a very nice performance. I think they had some questions to answer because they did not look good um, to start off. They did not look good in their loss against Dallas. They blew a double-digit point lead there, uh, but they really redeemed themselves and have some interesting pieces here, interesting pieces. Uh, one thing I did want to mention, Victoria Vivians uh, did leave the game with what appeared to be like a leg or a knee injury. She had like ice on her knee, um, and that wasn't looking too good. So if she's out for an extended period of, period of time, where does Indiana go? Uh, um, the basement. Yeah. It like, cause that's one of your, one of your two reliable three point shooters, right? I guess you gotta, I don't know. I want to see, I thought Kennedy Burke played well today. Yeah. I, I wanted to talk Kennedy. about her, you know, um, she, she got some minutes at the four, obviously with Indiana really needing some bodies in the front court. Um, and I think against this team, that's, that's fine. You know, against, some other teams that maybe Kennedy Burke would be a little slight at the four, uh, but it worked out well. And, and she really, you know, made things happen in terms of defensively. She, she had a nice block on Elizabeth Williams. She uh, put Blake Tietrick in the post. You know, I thought it was a really nice game. She, she is a nice defensive playmaker. She did what they wanted her to do. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, but yeah, it's kind of weird. Like Kathleen Doyle, she was, she came back, uh, had a nice defensive possession, but not really much doing in the box score. Like I said, Achama did not play. Erica Wheeler still uh, out of the bubble indefinitely. Lauren Cox, like she was out of medical protocol, and now she's back in medical protocol. I have no clue what's going on there. So, uh, yeah, uh, an interesting, an, an encouraging performance from the Fever, but um, still a lot of questions to be answered, I think. Uh, I'm not high on them right now. I don't think, but a great performance today. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. And I, I'm high on so much of what they have, but if this is the TR McCown we're going to get, then this it's, seems toast. It's so limiting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not good at all. So yeah, keep an eye on TR McCown. Um, we're hoping she can get it together. And of course our best wishes to Victoria Vivians. Hope she's doing all right. Um, Steven, anything else you'd like to add before we call it a day here? No, I thought, um, you know, Seattle, Los Angeles was fun. We probably should have talked about, Chicago, Washington, instead of one of these Sunday games, but um, that's my bad. So that's that's all right. That's all right. I uh, I saw it. it's it's good enough for me. That was good enough for me. All right, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Double Don WNBA. As always, follow us on Twitter at Double Don WNBA at Nemchak E at Trinkwald. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and now Spotify. Is that correct? That's correct. Awesome. Okay. So we are everywhere now. So thank you so much for listening. Um, we'll see you next week, next weekend, whenever we feel like recording again, we'll bring you some more game coverage or maybe some, uh, some other first impressions in the season. I don't know yet. So uh, thank you so much, everybody. Take care, stay healthy, stay safe and uh, peace out.